Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back, friends. I hope you're all doing amazingly well and happy October. So a small point that I want to make about fall is that I have always found the fall season to be very romantic and seductive because there's just something about the colors of fall. They don't have that same uplifting and pure and light feeling of spring. It's a much more rich and grounded energy for me. And it really reminds me of um, a hot, delicious comfort drink that's just nourishing to the soul. All right, with that out of the way, this week we are talking all about relationships and in particular, an aspect of relationships that doesn't get much attention. But before we start, I have a couple of disclaimers that I would like to make. Disclaimer number one, for those of you who know me, you know how deeply passionate I am about love. I believe love is a gift given to humanity because of its ability to connect complete strangers to heal, and to really uplift us into a higher frequency of being. The issue is that not too many people have actually experienced true love because it's actually very rare. It's what everyone believes in at a very young age, but quickly gives up on because of heartbreak or other disappointments in life. And to add to that further, we don't have too many people leading by example or showing us the depth and potential of real love. Far too often, many of us have been exposed to great examples of what a common relationship should and should not be, but rarely are we taught about the sacredness and purity of real love between two conscious partners. So this I will elaborate on hopefully in a future episode, but I just had to mention it here because of what we're discussing today. Disclaimer number two, every relationship dynamic is completely unique to the couple experiencing it. So please listen to this episode with an open mind and take whatever resonates knowing that nothing is set in stone and there are so many factors involved when it comes to two individuals embarking on a journey together. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about relationships, which is such a universal and relatable topic. And over the years, I've had numerous conversations with friends, family, and patients about relationships. I have heard so many of the most devastating stories of loss, divorce, betrayal, and then equally very beautiful stories of union as well. But every single story that I've heard from all of these individuals echoes the same themes, issues, and concerns, which is kind of beautiful in its essence because it shows that we're all connected and we share the same core wounds, struggles, and needs. Now, the concerns that I hear most commonly expressed are regarding cultural pressures of getting married and settling down, no longer believing that what you want in a relationship exists, settling out of fear of not finding what you're looking for, and concerns about lack of reciprocity, love, and understanding. Now, you can apply today's topic to any type of relationship, 
in your life, but I will focus it more on romantic relationships because that's where I hear the most level of concern. Now, when seeking a partnership, we often hear about the importance of compatibility, shared beliefs, values, and goals. But one of the most crucial elements that a lot of people don't take into account is a person's relationship capacity. So what does this even mean? A person's relationship capacity is their maximum threshold for a healthy relationship. You can have great chemistry and compatibility with someone, but if that person's capacity for a relationship is based in fear, codependency, defensiveness, lack of trust, or emotional unavailability, regardless of how hard you try or how perfect you may think that you are for one another, you won't get very far. You'll just end up with a spark instead of a long-standing flame. So let's bring in some examples um, to make this whole idea make more sense. Let's say you've been hurt in previous relationships or witnessed unhealthy relationship patterns early on in life. Because of this, you may have learned to protect your heart, to believe relationships don't work, to become afraid to take risks in love, become indifferent to a loving partnership, or learned to only rely on your mental capacity instead of balancing that with instinct and intuition. So then your capacity for a relationship, regardless of how much love you think that you have to give, is very limited because your basic beliefs about relationships are built on lack, negativity, and fear. So all that love that you have without the ability to express it can wither away inside of you. Now, with that being said, when you are assessing a person's relationship capacity, or even your own, you need to take into account the following five principles. Number one, how much love can they comfortably offer without harming themselves? Number two, how much love can they comfortably receive without harming others? Number three, is their love conditional or unconditional? Number four, How much self-realization, self-acceptance, and self-love do they possess? And number five, how much accountability do they have within a relationship? Now let's break down these principles a little bit more. To understand the first two principles fully, you have to understand how you yourself or your partner give and receive love in the first place. Because you could be giving someone all the love that you have but it's not translating to their expectations of what love is supposed to look like or vice versa. They could be giving you all the love that they have and it's just not registering for you. And furthermore, you may be really good at giving love, but horrible at receiving it. And it's interesting because that oftentimes is tied back to a deeply rooted feeling of unworthiness of love therefore a difficulty in receiving it. But what this is actually doing is that you're actually hurting the other person by not allowing their love in in the first place. Now, in terms of conditional versus unconditional love, when you set conditions on love, you create limitations, which makes your capacity for love something that is based in logic and rationale versus unconditional capacity for love is significantly more challenging to maintain, but it allows room for growth and deeper connection. And a note on the last two principles that we discussed, someone can only meet you as deeply as they have met themselves. 
So the more they have actively worked on themselves and their own healing journey, the greater their capacity for compassion, empathy, and love. And finally, the accountability piece is what allows for understanding, respect, forgiveness, and ownership of your mistakes as you learn to grow and evolve with a loving partner. And I want to just share something with you guys that I heard a few years ago, which I feel speaks to this whole idea of relationship capacity very well. And it goes as follows. So quote, when you are a 10 gallon person, and when you want love, you want it on a 10 gallon level. But if you fool around and hook up with a pint person, they could be giving you all that they have sincerely giving you everything, but it doesn't fill you up because you're bigger than that. Now, I feel like this quote can be very revealing for a lot of individuals, but let's elaborate further on this whole idea of relationship capacity. So the reason why it's important to shed light on this concept is because most of us have been subconsciously programmed to view a potential partner as a checklist of requirements instead of looking at their actual ability to be a partner. And I actually have an analogy to elaborate on this point further. So let's consider cooking a delicious pie. If 10 people are given the exact same ingredients for a pie, I bet you all 10 pies will turn out very differently because not everyone has the capability to turn simple ingredients into a masterpiece. So the point here is, what is someone able to create with the ingredients of life? Are they able to combine them in a way that creates something delicious or is it just a list of ingredients? That's the question that we need to begin to ask ourselves. Let's say you meet someone that fits all of the requirements of a checklist, but then what? How does this list of qualities apply to life and to what capacity? So let's break down this recipe for a high level of relationship capacity. The foundation to all of this begins with the five principles that we discussed earlier. So that's a preliminary step, but I wanted to add more to that basic backbone by considering a few more points. Point number one is readiness. Is the person ready to be in a relationship? And what does that look like for them? What is their definition of a relationship? And what is the trajectory of that relationship? So you need to consider if both of you are just going with the flow until you're comfortable enough to take the relationship to the next level, or are you both interested in establishing a foundation and building a life together? So these are really important points to consider to assess someone's relationship capacity, because then you'll begin to understand both their limitations and therefore your limitations in terms of taking that relationship a bit further. Number two is commitment. You need to have a very honest and clear discussion around what commitment looks like for each of you, which is very interesting to even have this conversation in the first place, but things have changed so much in this day and age that it's almost necessary to have these types of dialogue. So get really clear about the level of requirement that you both require 
And on this note, if someone tells you they are not ready for a committed relationship, believe them because you will only end up hurting yourself waiting around trying to convince someone of the importance of a committed relationship to you. So you really need to meet people where they are at. And you can't blame someone if you've been with them for five to 10 years and they're not willing to take the relationship to another level when then they, in fact, they told you that they were never ready for that in the first place. Point number three is the depth of healing, which is fundamental for any type of relationship but in particular romantic relationships. So obviously we need to be asking these questions of ourselves to begin with, but let's say we've overcome that initial step. We need to begin to assess if the person that's of interest has healed adequately from their past experiences. And this is pretty simple to pick up on once you know what to look for in terms of their language around relationships, their apprehensions, their hesitancies, triggers, and even their level of defensiveness. Because they, if they are constantly trying to protect themselves, that doesn't leave much room for them to let you in. So this shows their capacity for a relationship. And again, your limitations in terms of where you stand in the equation. So the other way that this can go is, are they aware of their wounding and their triggers? Because they don't have to necessarily be fully healed. I mean, that's a lifelong journey, but if they're aware of it and approaching this relationship from a conscious perspective, then you can both build and grow together based on recognizing and knowing each other's weaknesses and strengths. And on this whole point of healing, I absolutely have to shed light on this because I've seen so many examples of people being stuck in toxic patterns of quote unquote healing, where they feel like they're on a spiritual path. They've gained a certain level of enlightenment and clarity on their journey, but in fact, they're actually stuck in a heal, a toxic healing cycle where they're not actually willing to let go of their past traumas, but they keep repetitively talking about it and allowing it to seep and really poison their current present relationship. So really the essence of true healing takes place when we first let go. We recognize those woundings, but we have a willingness to let them go because otherwise it just becomes another narrative, but this time even more toxic because it's under the, under the pretense of healing. Point number four is the depth of self-realization. Now, trust me when I say this, you cannot expect someone to hold space for you and be a foundational partner if they don't even know how to be with themselves. Stop playing what if games with your heart because your heart is very precious and delicate. You don't want to just hand it over to anyone. And more importantly, there aren't too many people out there that have the capability of caring for and recognizing the value of a loving heart. So assess how well the other person knows themselves and what they're actually doing with their potential. Point number five is what is their capacity within other relationships in their lives? How are they with their family and with their friends? You can actually tell a lot about a person by observing their behavior in various dynamics that they're involved in, and you can assess their level of independence and self-sufficiency and perhaps develop a very gentle curiosity about where that might stem from. This is really how you get to know someone. Where is those, their sense of self-sufficiency coming from? Do they have healthy relationships and boundaries with others? Are they easily swayed by the opinions of their friends and family? These things are huge. Does their relationship capacity end with themselves 
or does it flow into the lives of others? You can really begin to pinpoint any barriers that you might face down the line within your relationship by seeing how this person acts in other relationship dynamics. Because that'll really tell you if you're going to be one of their top priorities or just a secondary priority in their life. And I say this with full conviction. A person who is committed and marriage-minded will place what they find valuable as a top priority because they want to get their life started with this other individual. They're not going to play games and delay it and make you a secondary priority. So this is what I mean by just observing and seeing where other people fall on the scale and where you fall within the greater realm and aspect of their life. Point number six is actually one of the quickest ways that you can determine a person's relationship capacity, and that comes down to observing patterns. We are creatures of habit, and we always fall back to what is familiar and what is comfortable. It's very rare for someone to completely change who they are unless they go through something very drastic in their lives. Otherwise, most of the world's population has accepted their level of existence. So the reason why I say patterns, it's not generic patterns, it's patterns within all of the various dynamics that we've discussed throughout this entire episode. So just recognizing and seeing what things are most pronounced in their lives can be very telling of their overall relationship capacity. Now, keep an open mind because everyone's journey is different and what's important is your story. What does it mean to you to be ready for a partnership? People always say that they have everything ready for a relationship, but it always is the outside stuff like the home or the material things. Rarely do we have people talking about having it all together with the inner stuff. How much inner work has someone done? Have you, have you yourself completed your own inner work in your healing journey? Are you really, truly ready? So if we were to put people's relationship capacities on a scale and each couple was given a house, their relationship capacity would be reflected in how well they turn that house into a home. So you can ask, is it a home that's filled with laughter, joy, memories, and unconditional love? Or is it just a house where two people show up, fulfill a role or a duty, and are pretty much like living life as roommates with no common goals or aspirations, but simply just fulfilling a void within one another? So that was just kind of my last analogy to wrap up this episode in terms of the difference and the depth in which a person can embody the capacity to be in a relationship with others. So the final note I want to make is that Everyone has the capability to expand their relationship capacity by becoming aware of some of the things that I've discussed in this episode, because it's completely up to you where you want to take your life and your relationships. And with that being said, let's jump right into this week's episode prompts for you guys to reflect on. So prompt number one is how do you express your love and affection? And does it come from a place of lack or abundance? Number two, how comfortable are you with receiving love and affection from others? And number three, in what areas of life can you expand on your relationship capacity? 
All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul podcast. Join me in next week's episode where I take a deeper dive into this whole topic of relationships, but more so taking into account some of the more common concerns that people have expressed about relationships of our modern day. So until next time, enjoy the rest of your week.